Hello, everyone, and a very warm welcome to the Trademark Now podcast, Talking Marks, where we discuss the wonderful and sometimes weird world of trademarks. Allow me to introduce myself. I'm Zach Stevens, a trademark executive with Trademark Now. I co-present Talking Marks with my colleague, Gochen Uzer Chingalja. Hi, I'm Gokcha, Trademark Counsel at Trademark Now. You're very welcome to Talking Marks. Just to introduce myself now to you all, um, I worked as a trademark attorney for a little over 12 years and I have experience in trademark prosecution and portfolio strategies. I provide trademark law expertise for AI model development at Trademark Now. I'd just like to say that no opinions that are expressed in this podcast are to be considered legal opinions, nor do they directly reflect the opinions of Trademark Now. What we hope to achieve from this podcast is a casual but informative discussion on trademarks to discuss a variety of subjects in the trademark world, covering currently trending trademark cases, historically famous cases, funny and unusual cases, and general trademark and trademark law related topics. Gochen and I are huge trademark aficionados, and we hope that you enjoy listening to our conversations. Mindful of the fact that many of us are now working remotely due to the current crisis, we hope that our podcast can also help you stay in touch with the trademark community. We are always looking for guests to come on the show, so if you have something to say, please do get in touch. We share our contact details at the end of each episode. Hi, everyone, and thanks for joining us on Talking Marks. I am Zach. With me, as always, is Gochen. Say hi, Gochen. Hi, everybody. Uh, we also have a special guest with us today, uh, Trademark Now CEO, Mikhail Kolomainen. Um, I'll be introducing him uh, in just a minute. Uh, we'd like to um, talk a lot about Trademark Now in this particular podcast. Uh, the month of July actually marks our eighth birthday. So uh, we'd like to use this episode to maybe give an overview on the history of Trademark Now, uh, with with uh, Mikhail, uh, with an emphasis on our unique AI-based system um, and where we think the industry is headed. Uh, we were one of the first to the market, which on a machine learning level really gives us a, a, a great advantage. Um, all other providers on the market today only offer software as opposed to uh, the AI. Um, yeah, so... I'd like to introduce Trademark Now co-founder and CEO, Mikhail Kolomainen. Mikhail is a third-generation entrepreneur, IP lawyer, and angel investor. As CEO, he sees to the company's strategic funding, planning, negotiating, and fills his days. Uh, fills his day-to-day these days with an onslaught of Zoom meetings and catch-ups, uh, but normally it would be rare not to see him 30,000 feet in the air headed to his next destination meeting or conference. Mikhail spends his free time hanging with his wife and two children listening to a plethora of audiobooks and true true crime podcasts, or headed to the gym with a soundtrack of trash metal. Uh, so Mikhail, first question, what is trash metal? <laughs> Excellent question. So trash metal uh, started with, uh, I, I think the first steps to that direction were actually taken by uh, the band Queen. Uh, Stone Cold Crazy was the first, first song ever to kind of have, kind of, something to do with thrash metal already and then uh, motorhead introduced double pedal uh bass drum in in their song overkill and from there it kind of started and then then you have these big four thrash metal bands metallica megadeth slayer uh and, and so forth so so these are the bands that you'd normally associate with 
with thrash metal. So Metallica, for example, being the best known out of this. So not a lot of like banjo and ukulele. Not a, not a whole lot. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Gochin, do you want to just give us a, an overview on the platform itself, just as an IP attorney, um, your thoughts? Yeah, yeah, perfect. Uh, and then thanks, Mikhail, for this uh, information. <laughs> uh, just let our listeners know a little more about what we do. We have built a Unico uh, software as a service platform for instant trademark screening, clearance search, brand protection, competitor research, and trademark portfolio management. And and platform have four core features, uh, logo check, name check, examatch, and name watch. And in terms of data, Trademark Law has a global coverage. Currently, our clients can access 180 PTO registries as well as common law data, pharma in use, global company data, app store results, as well as other internet results like social media and domain availability. Uh, we, we recently added some uh, new, very affordable pay-as-you-go search and watch solutions for, for consumers who are managing a very limited number of trademarks in addition to our popular free uh, screening tool uh, basis knockout search. And uh, all of our solutions serve to uh, our legal clients, law firms and corporations, in-house counsels, as well as marketing and branding uh, professionals. So we we support them with uh, accelerated and uh, accurate search and a real-time watch analysis, as well as customizable and detailed reports, which can be downloaded in several formats and then shared with teams. In that sense, our clients tell us that they they consider us as more of a business partner than, than just a service provider. Uh, I could talk a lot more about the platform, but I feel that the key take home is faster and a simpler uh, intelligent search and watch services. And Mikael, uh, you work as a trademark attorney for many years and uh, anyone working as a trademark professional back then knows that the process of a safe brand launch was slow, quite risky and, and could turn out to be very expensive plus uh, time consuming. And I, I understand that is what inspired you to start searching into a better way. Correct. But from, from your perspective, what made you decide to build this company and how is the launch of the brand done better today? Uh, so. As you mentioned, I've worked in, in as a trademark attorney for around 10 years uh, and I've specialized in, in trademark solely, so I didn't do a whole lot of other IP. Uh, my day-to-day -day became very uh, routine, so, so I had certain tasks that I seemed to be doing day, day in, day out, uh, and it was very repetitive. So uh, after a while, you, you there's a certain level of boredom <laughs> that, that comes with that. <laughs> And, and, and maybe even laziness that, that you realize that there has to be a better way of doing this task that seems to be something that I, I'm, I'm basically training myself to do in, in a very mathematical way. So uh, huge science fiction fan. And then I started looking at AI uh, as, as the first solution to start, start building some uh, algorithms around it. And, and the uh, pen and paper math that, that I did on those uh, kind of gave results that this is something that we can do. And then what happened, uh, how Trademark Now then happened was I, I had a small exit uh, from one of my investments and, and the company that I was working for 
was uh, going through an acquisition itself. So, so rather than uh, starting uh, working my way up the ladder on the uh, on the in the new company, I decided to strike it on my own and find a tech co-founder. Uh, and and I found Matti Kokkola, who is who is our CTO now as well. Uh, and we started trademark now from uh, uh, from. Uh, the idea of an AI being being the one that would solve this uh, likelihood of confusion analysis in, in the first instance. That's very interesting. So, give us an idea of what a day in the life of Trademark Now is like. Okay, so it's it's uh, full and remote uh, company from from the get go. So COVID really hasn't changed us that much. We we've been pretty remote as it stands. So we we work around and within Slack heavily. So Slack is kind of the uh, lifeblood of the company uh, a lot of stuff goes through in, through uh, the channels there and then uh, everybody has their own niche where where they work so so they are the client facing people that that are spend spend a lot of their time uh, talking to the customers then then there's me that spends a lot of my time talking to the investors and, and bankers and, and uh, kind of affiliates of, of all kinds so so it's a yeah we we hear trademark now we're all very familiar with zoom we're all very familiar with zoom for a, yeah for a long time now yeah and uh I, it kind of feels like too i i feel like that that fan of like a band that nobody knew and now they're mainstream yeah you know so now all this popularity of zoom is out there and i'm like yeah i knew who they were when they were playing just small gigs that's you know? right yeah <laughs> sorry I didn't know. No, no worries so, so yeah it, it is it, it's remote and 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 uh and that's probably one of the challenges. We we exist in in different places on this planet, and it, it's it's very virtual. But we try to get get together uh, every once in a while. The whole company that that's uh, one of the coolest things. It's it's a really a group of uh, friends to an extent. So so everybody gets along. It's it's not a corporate uh, feel at all uh, in the company. It's it's more of a kind of a uh, gang of friends doing something cool together. Yeah. True. True. And I would like to also mention like uh, about the life in the trademark law, the, the customer success team speed in getting the queries and issues attended to for, for the clients grabbed really my attention when I first joined the company. I, I had never seen such speed before in the industry. So that is uh, one of my memorable time uh, for me. Uh, may I ask, what is your memorable moment uh, to date at Trademark Now? So, for me, obviously, the beginning of the, of the company, those are the most memorable things for uh, me personally, because we didn't know whether it's going to take off or not. So, the first pharma customers that we had, uh, they, they kind of uh, gave us the green light that there's something to this, even though we didn't have a product. And I was kind of the user interface of the algorithms we had in place. So, so I interpreted those and then did projects for our customers. And then obviously all the uh, first fund uh, fundraisers that we closed successfully, though, those were uh, significant for us. So, so the very first seed uh, uh, investment we got from Lifeline Ventures here in Finland. And then the A round where Boulders and Capital uh, joined us. So. So those were very big moments and, and kind of made sure that uh, there is trademark now as it, uh, as it nowadays stands. So. Um, in terms of AI, I think I, I really noticed that AI and the legal industry are interacting with each other more and more every day. And, and innovations and legal technology are changing systems in several ways. And then the 
change can be categorized, I feel, as in three subtopic, as like all academicians also mentioned that one, the first one is the subject matter. And the second one is the tools that the industry is using. And the third one is the way of thinking. So like as an example, how one formalizes 3D printing in IP infringement actions or the liability of unmanned automobiles are two brand new subject matters in law that I have personally witnessed during my career. Uh, also, I, I saw that today the old method of document review is not accepted anymore in the work environment, like all industries, including the legal, uh, are using different kind of tech solutions and tools and platforms to ease their working lives and speed up their services. These changes uh, also affect the way we think. Now we see more interdisciplinary way of thinking. For example, we see empirical evidencing methods in claims, in the petitions, in uh, during court actions, or or we see law firms with HR or professional management uh, departments, or having CEOs with non-legal backgrounds, or having extensive RD departments. So industry is no longer segmented by lawyer versus non-lawyers, which which was pretty much like that when I begin working. So uh, what do you think is the impact of those kind of changes in IP system in general, Mikael? So uh, IP systems in general, so what we used to have were very uh, IP, one IP right specific solutions often. So, so you would have something for patents, you would have something for trademarks, you would have something then maybe for the marketing side. What is likely to happen and what we're seeing in our own product already is, is a lot of this is coming together. So it's uh, it's not only trademarks, it's uh, business intelligence side of things um, and, and more marketing type of things that you consider. So, so trademark, for example, isn't about the registrability of a trademark. It's the whole branding uh, around it. So, so what, what is a good brand? How should you proceed with that? rather than whether it's okay legally to trademark this. So, so it, it becomes more uh, business oriented. And, and uh, as, as you mentioned, it links uh, other areas of, of uh, human endeavor in, in, into that uh, decision. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. As you said that like technology will be a bigger part of lawyers day to day works as it is not a registration anymore, but a, like a business strategy, a brand strategy. And I feel that this innovation and AI create not only legal, but also economical, technical, and even ethical questions that humans need to find to reply to. Like, for example, don't mock me, okay? But I have read many articles about robot rights. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel that a, like a transport system where tools and human work hand in hand is an inevitable end for businesses that are not using any kind of uh, automation tools or platforms will will simply not uh, be able to compete. That's why all kind of recent surveys, like including our survey in late 2019 uh, regarding the top uh, 200 USB2 representatives, reveals that improving technology skill set and then uh, changing the uh, way of thinking and use it in the near future is actually one of the highest aspirations of these. Uh, trademark professionals right now. 
and yeah, like in this regard, uh, can you give our listeners an insight uh, into our legal tech industry today? How how big is this industry? How many players are there? Like, well, there's a lot of players. I, I couldn't even venture a guess how many of uh, many players are in this space. It, it's kind of exploded within the past 10 years. It, it used to be kind of this uh, awkward cousin in the family table, the whole legal tech. And then, then you kind of like, he's, he's not cool enough to hang out, but he might be good in math. So let's keep him in the family kind of a thing. So, so that was how legal tech was seen. Uh, there wasn't a lot of investment into it. Uh, venture capital kind of avoided it. Uh, and in the past 10 years, that's changed ra- uh, drastically. So, so now you have a lot of these guys uh, popping up and, and making significant uh, businesses out of, out of these ideas around legal tech. So as to the market size, I think with the numbers I've seen lately, it's, it's around 3 billion uh, a year market now. Uh, and it's growing around at a bit over 30%, I would say, per year. So it's, it's, it's a significant market in its own right, that's for sure. What's interesting about so much legal tech, or at least AI in legal tech, is with so many other softwares, there's a fear of redundancy. But lawyers already have so much, lawyers or paralegals have so much arbitrary work um, and, and, and so many things. So I think with legal tech, it's just getting them to do what they should be doing. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, if you look at Trademark Now, there's not a redundancy scare there. But what it really is, is... Yeah, no, now you're you're going to create an opinion very quickly using our software as opposed to going through, you know, ordering a, a thousand page data dump from some external source, going through that, you know, spending your entire day uh, to go through that, a, 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 you know, a thousand page data dump um, to try to create opinion. At the end of the day, you still need to create your own opinion. Yeah. Um, so I, I find it really interesting about like the likes of Trademark Now and other legal tech or AI that's in that legal tech is it's not necessarily a redundancy issue. It's just getting rid of that arbitrary work so they can focus on, uh, they, can, they can really uh, prioritize their time. Exactly, exactly. So so what, what you had often happen uh, in, in the kind of um, legacy way of doing things is, is a lot of the hours you put into this uh, reports, for example, you couldn't even build them from your customers. So, so you kind of, well, not 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 just effectively, but literally, we're wasting your time uh, in in the tasks that that you couldn't build for. So so now now that you have technologies that to assist you, not take over, but assist you in in getting these things done, uh, you you become more profitable, and and the clients are happy, and you are happier. So so it works both ways. Yeah, and in in regards to that, we need innovative lawyers to to. Uh start using and, and help create new technologies and, and be thought leaders out there and really look at where the industry is headed. Yeah, definitely. And and as you said, with within 10 years, so many players comes up and, and like as regard the tools used in this industry, I guess that we can roughly say that there is two phases. The first phase was like standardizing legal forms and digitalizing the recourse, which, which is just a quick uh, the, just the aim was the quick accessibility and the cost of reduction of storage uh, that more or less 
everybody is doing. But then this uh, second phase, which is the adoption of more and more AI type uh, solutions in uh, in legal. And then, for example, today we see legal tech companies operating domains like like online document services or lawyer marketplaces, IP managements, e-discoveries. So uh, lots of lots of services. Uh, today can be uh, done with this uh, legal technology. So what do you think is the role of AI in uh, trademark strategies, Mikhail? Uh, trademark strategies, um, I think it used to be a very heavy proponent of, of AI as an AI. And, and then uh, after a while, it, I began to see that as as with everything, we don't nowadays say that, okay, there's... An, what a nice piece of software your thing has. It's software is kind of something we expect to be in pretty much everything, whether it's our fridges or, or uh, whatnot. So, so it, it's kind of embedded into everything we see. And I, I foresee the same thing happening with AI. So AI becomes something that is kind of uh, interwoven into everything that, that we come to contact with. And it's not nothing scary, nothing nothing that we will actually even see. It's, it just makes the user experience of of whatever we are doing better and same thing goes to the uh, to trademarks and, and how that works so so it, it will work in the background it'll make things easier to uh, grasp uh, to handle and and really make the user experience of of uh, whatever product uh, you are using in the space better and, and more intuitive so so I think that's that's where we where we headed it's 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 gonna be everywhere and and within uh, all those products so yeah, and with more like like just in, for instance in the trademark world, with more applications come more problems. I mean, there's an ongoing rapid growth uh, of trademark applications globally. If you pick any PTO at randomly, and look at their applications per year, it's not going down. Yeah. Um, so, what what do you think can be done to ease the trademark application traffic and, and congestion uh, by using trademark now? And and, and what you know, uh, why will it be so much more time consuming without using it? So. First of all, before the whole marketing team and, and sometimes the whole company uh, commits to a brand that, that used to happen, that you get an idea and, and it takes a while to get that clear. So there's a huge process before the candidate ends up in, in, in the trademark team or the legal team. And, and then you kind of fully committed. Uh, you, you've seen yourself uh, advertising under this brand already. And it's really hard to come back from that as, uh, after the legal team says that, okay, that's a no-go. Uh, uh, trademark now what you can do you can bring the product to the brainstorming session for example so the marketing team can already while they're coming up with these names clear them on the go say, say okay well this seems to be a bad idea uh let's move to move on to another one and you don't waste time and, and you don't prematurely commit to, to this brand that isn't isn't going to go anywhere so that's the kind of that's the biggest thing the trademark now can can help you with and and obviously when it comes to marketing it'll help uh, not only from the legal aspect, but also tell you that uh, whether there's negative connotations to that word uh, or or whether there's something that your competitors are up to uh, in, in the same space or, or with a similar trademark. So uh, th those are the things. And and then if you, if you want to go further, amount of trademarks in the registry often depends on the, on the amount of goods and services that the registration covers. And, and in reality, those trademarks aren't even used for that many uh, goods and services that are, are in the registration. So, so eventually, uh, what you'll be able to do is also see the real use of that trademark. 
for example, using our product. So you, you'll see what, what is the scope of, of, of use and, and therefore the scope of true protection rather than what's registered. So, so really exciting stuff that you, you can get from, from AI products. There. Yeah, yeah, that is so true. Like it brings a better creative for process with marketing team. And then apart from running instant basic knockout or clearing searches, this platform also makes a great impact on, for example, antigen genericness strategies. Uh, by by searching by product or ability to monitor competitors and even even for law firms to track their own competitors by enabling them to search for trademark applications by representatives. So yeah, abs- absolutely. I think um, I, I think one area when when you're using a tool like Trademark Now using AI, um, it's it's going to cause you to be a better business partner, whether it be, you know, if you're an in-house, whether it be with your marketing team or, you know, if you're in pharmaceuticals, whether it be with your research and development team, or if you're in a law firm, whether it be with your client, um, you know, it, I, I think that it really allows you to rethink how you work, become faster, more responsive, more flexible, um, and, and just more open and accessible to your clients. Um, I, you know, part of my job as an executive is obviously sales and and then also dealing with existing clients. And when I speak to those existing clients, especially like the likes of in-house clients who speak to me about the creative tension that's been solved between marketing and legal because of the platform, because whether it be like you said, uh, coming up with those different strategies, um, but also they're, they're all on the same, they're all on the same wavelength. So if you've got say a branding project, you know, uh, you can you can allow them to start with one of our tools, Examatch, and allow marketing to vet a list that eventually goes to legal. One guy actually told me he said uh, uh, they're actually calling me by my name and not just calling me legal. He said they're calling they're calling me Jim and not just saying send this to legal. Um, but uh, yeah, what um, what do you think is the biggest challenge that you see facing the industry today, Miko? So I think. Uh... What what's happening now is it's it's always been a tough market to break into as a newcomer. Uh, it, it's heavily consolidated. It's uh, rather conservative, uh, as as all, all legal fields tend to uh, do uh, tend to go. But uh, what what's the challenge? It used to be getting funding uh, was one of the challenges for for newcomers, especially. Uh, I I think. Well, if if we exclude COVID and all, all the things that 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 it creates, it's it's probably still going to be the combo of of uh, lack of funding and uh, very conservative market. So so if if you enter in this market, you really have to believe in your product and and just take the time uh, to make your dream come true. It's 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 not going to be the easiest of things, but but it's definitely doable. Uh, I, I was just thinking like Mikael, do you think that also like uh, culture of innovation in the legal industry might be a challenge also or like because you know like the, uh, historically this industry is a rather conservative one you know it's just like math there are rules and there are like uh, according to the rules there are results so it's not uh, it's not that much innovative. It's not that much open to innovative because of its uh, its nature. I feel. Yeah. So, so and and yeah, I kind of put that under the whole conservative conservativeness of of the market. So so, so lack of innovation in in that sense, uh, and and that comes heavily because of the uh, area of law, 
big part of law is just finding rules that and, and interpreting those rules in, in certain ways. So uh, it, it's not really looking to innovate. There are certain elements, obviously, if, if you're a trial lawyer that, that allows for innovation and then you have to bring arguments that are rather innovative sometimes. But 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 uh, maturity of the work is not truly uh, being very innovative. It's it's finding the rules and applying those. So so that by that uh, it, it's challenging to to make that leap sometimes and and uh, to, to become innovative. And that's why I think that what we mentioned before that you start to have different expertise come into law firms. So it's not necessarily a, a lawyer or that that. Uh, that, that you have to be a lawyer to be a part of anything in, in a law firm or, or legal tech. Uh, as you bring these other expertise, it might awaken the innovator also in, in your lawyerly mind. And, and that's that's what happened to me personally, that that you, you started uh, following something else than, than law and that kind of opened up ideas uh, that you could do within within the law section, sector to, uh, to, to do something new and, and exciting. So. so you talked about funding. Um... You were an angel investor. Would you invest in trademark now, and why? And if you do, if you want to take if you want to take this out, by the way, yeah. <laughs> if you want to take this out, we can. <laughs> yeah, sure. You got a gotcha uh, question. In yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So actually, I have invested in 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 trademark now. So so that should uh, should also cover it. So I I put put my own money money in it as well. Yeah. So what would you say is next for trademark now, Mikael? So we have to saying that. You know, same thing as always, taking over the world. That's something that kind of uh, is slogan for the firm. But but seriously, I, I there's a long roadmap uh, that that we already have have there when it comes to product. And just around the corner, there's uh, exciting things in in the logo space or, or device mark space, if you want to be very uh, trademark specific on it. And and then uh, on the data side as well, so so very cool things coming just uh, well maybe even this summer. So uh, exciting stuff ahead of us. Uh, never ending story of cool stuff. So Goshen, uh, any last thoughts? Uh, so with with new innovations and uh, interdisciplinary way of thinking, uh, we now uh, seeing a more flexible and business oriented approach among legal departments, as we have already talked. And in that sense, uh, legal tech tools like those powered by AI are helping to create faster, cheaper, and a higher quality service. For our platform, uh, as as we covered, being able to work with marketing team on the same platform, I feel that brings huge benefit to create uh, processes uh, creative processes which again uh, ultimately leads to a better brand launch and and like I remember one of uh, users was saying I recommend that competitor watch widely within firm I'm not sure I want our competitors using this tool so uh, the IP IP industry is shifting actually, and law firms need to proactively help their clients, like researching actual cases and informing the their clients that uh, about the the threats or opportunities that they have found. Uh, and in in account councils and in house councils and legal departments need to be more strategic. Uh, as to be seen as a business partners and and the tools that are used in IP, namely in trademark law, 
should not just uh, just cover the basic searchability, but also uh, cover those kind of features that make those kind of outcomes or opportunities or catch those kind of treats uh, that make happen. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, from a sales side, um, you know, uh, one thing we really ha we haven't touched on is the platform's UI. And um, it's, it's a beautiful user interface and it's very easy to use. This is one of the main compliments that we get from our existing clients. The, the, the hard sale for us on a sales side is actually the process. It's, um, it's, you know, people get used to a certain style of searching and a certain way of going about things. And because we're using AI, there's a black box and there's a black box that they can't see inside. And so one of the biggest sale for us is just getting them to, um, you know, really change the, the way they think and to rethink how they're going to uh, do their entire, whether it's clearance or whether it's monitoring, um, do their entire process. Um, but I do think it is where the industry's headed. And, um, I, I think once people start to get their head around it, um, like, like so many of our clients have, um, I think they'll be able to do their work a lot quicker, a lot smarter. Um, and also, like I said, be a better business partner, whether it be their clients or whether it be their marketing team or whoever, so in a recent survey done by our head of product, Charles Hill, um, we came across a few uh, comments from our clients. This is from an in-house counsel client. Uh, I've recommended competitor watch uh, widely within the firm. I'm not so sure I want our competitors using this tool, which would make a lot of sense considering the fact that Trademark Now uh, has such a, uh, a large competitive intelligence aspect to the platform. Also from uh, one of our in-house counsel clients, once our branding department found out that we could deliver search results faster, they were more willing to send us proposed names for products. Um, again, just, uh, you know, Trademark Now is so good at, at solving that creative tension between, uh, de between departments. So if anyone would like to get a demonstration of Trademark Now, please do write in to podcast at trademarknow.com and we can get you set up uh, for a demonstration online um, using, of course, Zoom. So I just want to thank all of you for listening and also a, a special thanks to uh, Mikhail for joining us today. Thanks very much, Mikhail. Thanks for listening today. If you would like to know more about our AI platform search and watch tools built by trademark experts for trademark experts, please check out trademarknow.com. We are always looking for guest contributors to our show too. If you'd like to suggest a trademark topic and take part in our discussions, please share your IP ideas with us by email to podcast at trademarknow.com. And if you like what you've heard, please share the news with your fellow trademark pros with the hashtag, hashtag talkinmarks. That's talkin, T-A-L-K-I-N. Marks, M-A-R-K-S, hashtag talking works. Take care until the next time. 